Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Spirit Room Podcast. I'm Melissa White, and I hope everyone is well and you're enjoying your week so far. Um, I'm really excited because I've got a special guest joining me today um, to chat about children who are intuitive, highly sensitive, and in particular, looking at children with special needs and how I really feel that there's a connection to these kids and um, the the psychic ability and and sort of a divine sort of connection that is really, really unique. So welcome, uh, my friend Shona. Hi. (laughs) Good to have you here. (laughs) Shona is having me. Yes, great to hear your voice. Um, Shona is a mom of three children. And um, I was thinking it might be kind of cool to share with people how we became friends, because I actually think that that's pretty spiritually orchestrated. So do you want to tell them them about that? Okay. Um, I think it was about books or something, right? Like I was selling books and then you were buying books for me. And then we just kind of, I don't know, um... Uh, I remember <laughs> years ago. My mind's foggy. <laughs> Shona was selling books on the Facebook like um, bidding group, the local one for the city that we live in, and I kept seeing them and thinking like, "Oh, that's totally my type of book. Like, I I'd love to read those." So I kept buying them. Um, and I would come and pick them up and, and sometimes, um, I don't even know if we'd seen each other or if I would just pick them up, like if you just left them outside, but at some point you messaged me and said, I don't know if this is weird, but like, I noticed what you do for a living. And I was wondering if like, you would want to ever like chat about it, you know, or kind of like explain a little bit about like what you do, because I think you said you'd had some experiences or you kind of were just intrigued, like you were really interested. And yeah, normally yeah. I would probably be like, uh, no, like it would just be like, <laughs> I don't know if I would go to some stranger's house, but I felt really, really inclined to do it. And I felt really, really connected to you in a, like comfortable with you, even though we'd never really met. So I was like, something I do on the regular either. <laughs> Right. So I was like, okay, yeah, sure. Like I wanted to do it. I felt like, oh, this would be fun. So I went and I remember we, we talked about all kinds of things, but I did, you know, talk about spirit and stuff like that. And I think maybe some, a few of your loved ones came through even in the conversation. Like, I think it was like a little bit of a mini reading in a way. Um, yeah. We just totally bonded. And it was like this interesting thing that we felt like we knew each other for so long. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, it's so, so it is kind of, yeah, so it's an interesting, interesting thing to, you know, that's definitely not a way that I've I've um, found such a connected sort of friendship before, you know, so that was really, yeah. really neat. And I have a feeling that Spirit did really uh, arrange that for us, looking back. Um, so yeah. I would love if you would talk to us a little bit about your life. Um, about your kids and maybe just like your kind of um, connection to your own intuition or spirit, like what that's been like for you in your life. Okay. Uh, Where do you want me to start? (laughs) Wherever, wherever you feel comfortable. 
All right. Um, well, I remember being younger, like in my teens, and I would like kind of see things happening. Mm-hmm. And then like soon after I would see them, they would happen. Like I remember going to bed one night, I was probably about 17, maybe 16, 17. And I saw my brother driving my parents' car and he crashed into a tree. Okay. And I was like, oh, that's kind of weird. And then I was like, okay, whatever. And then I said my prayers and I went to sleep. And then I heard the, I woke up to the phone ringing. It was like 15 minutes after I fell asleep. And yeah. my dad came in and he's like, your brother hit a tree. We got to go get him. I was like, wow. Oh, okay. <laughs> and well, then. How long, how long after the dream? That was the same night or different? That was a few days later. Same night. Same night. Oh, it was like within half an hour. Oh, wow. Yeah, it was crazy. And I was like, what? <laughs> and I told my parents and they're like, okay. And then I, um, I had a similar experience uh, when my friend had a birthday and my dad was going to drive me to her house and we were about to leave the door, the house. And I said, I have a really bad feeling that I need to stay home. Um, there's something just not right about this. And my dad's like, okay, fine. And then the next morning, my parents came into my room and told me that my friends had passed away in a car accident. And yeah, so I've always kind of seen these things and they've happened and I never really put two and two together. I just kind of assumed that that was normal. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Those are kind of pretty, yeah, pretty profound kind of premonitions. Right. And I would say um, with the second one, is it fair to say that you probably would have been in that car with your friend? Like, Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So definitely, like, it was not your time to go, obviously, but also that sort of intuition, maybe you didn't know exactly the reason why, but you felt on a deep level that you weren't supposed to go. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Well, I think it's amazing that you listened to it, you know, even at such a young age, because sometimes people don't, you know, we think, well, I don't have a good, like, there's no proof or there's no good reason for me to think this or feel this. So lots of times people do go against their better judgment, you know, when it comes to that stuff. Um, You know, and so, okay, so what about when you had your first baby? Did you find that, like, after that, you had a bit of an awakening as well? Um, You know, it's kind of a blur. Yes, <laughs> with him, like I had a pretty severe uh, postpartum depression with him, and I I wasn't aware of it at first. Yeah, um, so it was just kind of all a blur. So I don't really remember much about that time. Um, it wasn't until I had um, my second child, my daughter, and um, until I kind of had things happen. I guess. Okay. Yeah. Okay, and so tell us a bit about your daughter then. Tell us about what the experience has been like with with her, because I know she's very, very much been um, a strong, determined, like, fighter energy since the very beginning. Yes, yeah, 100%. Yeah, um, I mean, I remember finding out I was pregnant, and I, I mean, as every mom does, you kind of you're, you're attached to your baby, right? But I kind of yeah. felt it on a deeper level with her. Yeah. Um, I can't really explain it other than deeper. And it was kind of, um, it was awakening for me because I was like, oh, this is new. 
And then it turned out that we had a lot of complications in the pregnancy with her. And she had a lot of things that would come up, like her heart had some issues with it. And then she stopped growing. And um, and I was on bed rest for like the last two months of my pregnancy with her in the hospital. And it was, it was kind of like we could connect, though, in a sense. Like I felt her. And um, it was before, you know, kind of social media was really a hit at that time. So I didn't really have much to entertain myself. Um, (laughs) But yeah, so it kind of started then and then it just kind of started escalating and she, yeah, I don't, yeah, she just. So with her, so yeah, I would say with your first, I'm sure that the postpartum actually acted as a bit of a catalyst to a shift in you. You know, I think that, Anytime you come out of something like that, that is so um, intense and, you know, painful, I think that it does kind of change us, right? So it kind of shifts your perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, and then with your daughter, it would have been like, um, almost like, yeah, a deeper sort of more um, intuitive kind of um, knowing, you know, so almost like maybe you would have known her before in a previous life or something like that. Um, which makes sense now. So she is, okay. So she's presently how old? Eight. She's eight. And so tell us about her. Like, tell us about your daughter. Oh my goodness. Um, (laughs) (laughs) well, she's, she's a force to be reckoned with. Um, she has strength that I have never seen or heard of really. Like she's just Mm -hmm. incredible for all that she's gone through and, and in such such a young age, she's just she's I don't know. She's amazing. She's sassy. She's got attitude. She um, she's got a lot of love. Um, she's intuitive, and she's also nonverbal, so she can't really communicate verbally with us. Right. Right. And so you know, there's been over the course of her lifetime physical and um physical challenges and also um like developmental challenges Mm -hmm. so what i find so fascinating is that when i see now yeah when i see children you know that are like you know challenged by certain things um i feel like they have such a evolved sense of like their soul like they've come here with this um, amazing kind of ability to teach people and it's almost like they're meant to awaken us they're meant to really um, help us to see things from a totally different perspective um, and I, I find it so interesting that lots of kids that are being born with special needs they are so psychic like they are so connected to spirit they are so connected to the divine that it's actually quite phenomenal just being in their presence now because you're always with her, you know, it probably seems just like normal, you know, like every day that's just kind of like, mm-hmm. but yes. Oh, sorry. I don't know if you want me to say yeah. your name. It's okay. okay. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. Um, but anyways, um, but she, yeah, like it's just somebody who isn't, you know, in her presence all the time. Anytime I'm with her, there's just this feeling like she's so connected and that even though mm-hmm. she might not be verbally expressing herself, 
she is able to communicate. Absolutely. Yeah. She's a strong communicator. (laughs) She figures out a way, you know, and I feel like because maybe the verbal isn't there so much, then she's had to rely on her other senses so much more. So I would say she's feeling very deeply. She's like emoting very like strongly um, and using all kinds of other forms of like telepathic communication. So you might find with you and with your other kids and with your husband that she has an ability to kind of read your mind kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So tell us what, what are some of the things that she does that you know are like super intuitive? Oh, goodness. Well, one thing that comes to mind that she's always done ever since she was very little, even before she could walk, um, just kind of as a sideline, Whitney has Down syndrome and um, autism and um, heart issues and lots of medical complexities. So she's had, um, obviously, her gross motor skills and everything came late. So from, but even before she could walk, she would take my grandma's picture and it's like she was communicating with her. Like she would look at it very fondly and lovingly and she would kiss it. And she always did that. And even to this day, she still does it. And she knows exactly who she is without us ever having to tell her who she was. Kind of thing. Right. And, and that's the grandma that's in, she's in spirit, right? Yeah. Yeah. That grandma you were quite close to. Super close, yes. Yeah. So isn't that phenomenal? It's like, how you know, how else does she, would she know that without you telling her? You know, so that's pretty amazing. Um, it yeah, it's like that connection, connection with her. So my, my feeling is that, yeah, she knows that grandma because she's met her before, you know, in spirit. So there's a, a beautiful kind of connection there. Um, what else? Tell me about, like, some other kind of little things that you've noticed with her. Um, she's got like a, uh, I don't even know how to explain it, but it's like a sense of calm. Like she's a super fiery kid, as you know, <laughs> and super sassy, but at the same time, she has like a calmness to her. And when people are around her, it's like, she kind of just peels layers off of them. Like if they're kind of, you know, having a bad day or they're not super friendly to start like she brings out the best in people right she kind of is it true she kind of uses her charm like to kind of disarm people you know it's like she has that ability to really break through that kind of barrier yeah um and I could see her also like having such a good sense of humor yes oh she's hilarious yeah yeah (laughs) I feel like she's just like there's so much going on inside of her and, you know, she she just uses a different way to maybe express it or to kind of, um, you know, get her point across. But, you know, to me, it's like there's so much wisdom. You know, even when you look at her, her picture, you know, or you, you kind of even see her in person, it's like, oh, like there's just this feeling of she knows things that we don't even understand or that we couldn't even understand, you know. So it's kind of like that deep knowing. Yeah. Um, and I mean, would you say also it's true that emotionally she has super, super um, intense emotion? Yes. She's so sensitive to like everybody's uh, feelings. Yeah. Right, right. Well, Which is I'm funny gonna... because 
a lot of a stereotype of autism is that they're not empathetic. Right. Uh, which I hate that stereotype because it's so not true. Right. Yeah. She's super empathetic, like super, super. Right. Yeah. And you can tell that she's, she's feeling things on such a deep level. Um, so I was looking at a lit, like looking at this list and I actually kind of agree with most of these traits. So this is something from, where is it from? Askangels.com. Um, and it's 23 signs your child uh, is psychic. So some of the ones that they list, and you can tell me, I think Whitney probably is all of these, um, highly sensitive, both emotionally, physically, as well as sensitive to other people. Um, incredibly creative and a vivid sense of imagination, uh, very intelligent, but can be easily distracted, um, unexplained mood swings, um, (laughs) seem to take on the pain or challenges of others, Mm -hmm. vivid dreams or nightmares, uh, trouble falling asleep as well as not wanting to go to bed, Mm -hmm. um, fear of the dark or being alone. Uh, they see, talk about, or are curious about deceased loved ones, even people they haven't met. Um, they see, talk about, or are curious about angels um, or other um, ascended masters like Jesus or Buddha um, that they've never been, even if they've never been introduced to them. They have imaginary friends. Um, they're fascinated by another culture, time period, or civilization, um, and intuitively know a great deal about it. I feel like that fits for your youngest mm-hmm. yeah. um, big time. Uh, they get overwhelmed by energy and may be prone to headaches, anxiety, or fatigue. Mm-hmm. Um, they sometimes feel isolated by many of their peers. They remember or talk about their past lives um, or remember going to places that they've never been in this mm-hmm. lifetime. Uh, certain people make them nervous. They're able to quickly get the vibe of people and places. They experience flashes of light, hear things, um, deeply attracted to animals, crystals, Mm -hmm. and plants. They love spending time in nature. They feel drawn to help heal others. And it may even place their hands on you or someone else to promote healing. They're able to see colors, auras, or spirits. And they're incredibly wise for their age. Mm-hmm. I mean, what do you think? I think she has all of these qualities. <laughs> yeah, I would say so. Yeah. Which one stand out to you? Uh, the the healing one, you know, placing mm-hmm. her hands on people. Because um, yeah. whenever she sees somebody hurting, she runs right up to them and she puts her hands on them. And she can't really communicate in words, but yeah. it's just she calms them. Aww. Yeah, I would say too. Um, and it's interesting. I had the other day I was doing a reading for um, this woman and her little girl was there like just in the other room and she's like three years old and we were bring I was bringing spirit through and then it was a pretty intense part of the reading and the little girl came running out and she totally came up to me, didn't know me at all and put both of her hands like on my arm and basically was just just giving me almost like um powering up my energy like to help her mom mm-hmm. like it's it phenomenal and you see these little kids that they intuitively know what to do mm-hmm. and it's just amazing and I know like that yeah she like Whitney's like that too so um what about the sleep thing isn't it true like earlier on she had a real struggle with sleep yes 
Yeah, she had, um, I mean, she had heart issue that uh, yeah. affected her breathing. Yeah. Um, and she's had, uh, she also had severe sleep apnea. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's probably more that we don't know. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, like sleep has been a, like, it still is a struggle. It's not as bad as it, quite as bad as it used to be, but it's still definitely a struggle. And Right. I, cause I almost wonder if part of that isn't just, not just, but part of it isn't that awareness, right? So being so sensitive. So my, my philosophy with this is that kids are all very sensitive usually, you know, to begin with, but then you bring in these extra kind of sensitive kids, you know? So I would say she's like highly, highly sensitive, highly intuitive. Um, so at night, bedtime, everything is kind of, you know, getting to be quiet and everything is calming down. And it's almost like all of the other senses must go into kind of overload, almost like she, she's becoming aware of everything all at once. And I know that with my own, with Avery, like she, she does struggle at night as well. And I do think that for highly sensitive kids, it's an anxious, it can be a very anxious time. You know, so I think part of that might be even just that sensitivity to energy, right? And they feel almost like um, spirit really close because during the day they're busy, they're go, 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 everything's kind of happening, but all of a sudden everything slows down at night and it's quieter and I think something kind of happens. So I, I could see that with her for sure. Yeah. Her room is really like her sanctuary too. Like during the day she'll go in there and it's like nobody else is allowed in there. Okay. It's like she just feels really deeply, and I feel I feel like she feels the weight of the world, you know. And so it gets to be too much to her. So then she just goes in her room so that she can kind of calm and yeah, have that sort of moment to just regroup and breathe. Um, And is it true? I find with lots of really intuitive kids, they're very. uh, what's the word? Very specific about the things that they will eat. Mm-hmm. I could see that. <laughs> so I find I find that with like sensitive kids, and I find sometimes as parents we get frustrated and think like, oh, like it's so like with Avery in the beginning, I was like, oh, it's pickiness. But I actually think that it's not so much like pickiness. It's like literally they feel the energy of everything so strong that it's like they have to kind of be discerning about what they eat, when they eat, um, even like clothing. Like I know with Avery, she does not like pants. She doesn't like jeans and she doesn't even really like her leggings. She likes to wear like something free flowing like a dress um, or at home. She just does not like to wear pants. <laughs> so she just like walks around in her dress. And I'm like, I think it's just what I think they need to do what they need to do to feel comfortable. Like that's just part of this like highly sensitive sort of thing. Yeah. I could could see that for sure. Yeah. Have you experienced that with Whitney? Yeah. Like she's, um, again, she's had a lot of issues, um, with her breathing and stuff. So eating Mm -hmm. has always been a challenge for her. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, she's very specific with what she will eat like, mm-hmm. even if she can eat it she may not eat it like she's she like it's like she likes that control to be able to um like i don't know she goes base basically on feeling so what she likes one day she might not like the other 
Yes, yes. So it's sort of like um, maybe one way to yeah assert a little bit of control over her um, her day, you know, or her environment because mm-hmm. um, I would assume you know she's got all this going on inside of her, and so yeah, it's like to be able to have that little bit of um, uh, authority, you know, over something. I think that that yeah, yeah would be good. that would be something I would crave too. Um, so yeah, so definitely with that. Um, okay. So now what about your youngest? So tell us a little bit about your youngest. Cause he also has some really kind of unique abilities. Yeah. Uh, whew, where to start? Um, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know where I should start. How far back should I go? Well, I mean, I think that it was miraculous the way he came into the world when it was such a kind of traumatic, uh, scenario. Okay, I can talk a little bit about that. Okay, yeah, but um, no questions. You don't have to. That's okay. Um, yeah, well, I was, I think, just about seven months pregnant with him, and I was taking my other two to a birthday party, and we were driving pretty close to home, and we were hit. Um, we were rear-ended, and what should have been a really bad accident, it, I mean, it was still bad, but it wasn't like, it could have been so much worse. Mm-hmm. And I really felt that somebody at the time was protecting us. Like, I, I really did feel like that uh, because the driver that hit us was going 50 kilometers an hour and we were stopped. So it wow. should have been a lot worse. Um, anyways, I started having contractions at the accident scene. Um, and, and yeah, and then we went to the hospital and they were like, okay, we'll just go home. Cause at that hospital, like the one in our town, they can't, um, they can't take pregnant women under 37 weeks. Okay. And I was only like 20, was I 29 weeks pregnant, I think. Okay. Um, yeah. So then, um, I went, I was laboring like. I felt him like, like the contractions and everything. And so I went to see my OB on the Monday after the accident, because it happened on a Saturday and she had told me that it's going to happen anytime that she wanted to see me every couple of days kind of thing. Um, and that I had to be put on bed rest. So my husband had to take that time off work. Um, and I remember walking my my son to school. So my oldest and I was walking up a hill and I'm like, Oh my goodness, this baby's coming. Like I just feel it. And I was going to see my OB that morning anyway. So, um, she had checked to me and she's like, yeah, you're, 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 if it's not today, it's going to be tomorrow. Like, yeah. And I was 32 weeks at that time. It was, it was a few weeks after the accident, but I was on bed rest really like, for the first two weeks quite strictly um and then yeah and then I went in I remember I made my kids dinner like we still came home that day after my appointment and just kind of I tried to get whatever I could done and you know in preparation of of him coming and I remember sitting down at the table and I had just taken a bite and then I felt that like that knowing contraction you know where you know it's going to happen Right. And then, so we called in our troops, so to say. And, <laughs> and I think I might have told you too. I can't, I'm pretty sure I told you that 
it was happening. And then we went to the hospital and they tried to do whatever they could to keep him in, um, which they had been trying for the weeks before then. And it just got to the point where they're like, we can't stop him. So he's going to come and we're going to try and keep him in as long as we can. Cause they had given me more steroid shots to try and help with the lungs. Yeah. Cause they say that baby's born at 32 weeks. They don't, they can't breathe yet. Right. So, um, yeah. And so then that was kind of scary. And I remember being really upset by it and obviously scared. I was a little angry at the man that hit us. Yeah. <laughs> um, that was a, like my pregnancy with him was my best pregnancy. And I was running until I was 22 weeks pregnant with him. Yeah. I remember. Yeah. It was smooth sailing for the longest time. Yeah, and I even did like an attempted a I attempted a half marathon because I was training for that before I found out I was pregnant with him. That's amazing. Yeah, I remember you were the person that I called. I think I'm pregnant. (laughs) Well, if I remember correctly, we were doing I think it was like a group reading or something, and I was reading for you, and it just came out of my mouth like, "Oh, like there's another baby for you." And I thought, I think I thought it was going to be another girl. Like, I think that was my prediction at the time. Um, but I was like, yeah, I think there's another baby. And I remember looking at you and you're like, mm, I don't know. Like, you were kind of like, you weren't sure. And then yeah, when we when we found out the news, it was like, oh, wow. Like, And I feel like with him, it was just so meant, I mean, all, I feel all babies are meant to be. But like with him, mm-hmm. it was just like, there's no stopping him. Like he yeah. is he is meant to come and he's got a, you know, he's got a major purpose, a major mission in this life. Yeah. Well, it was a year before I got pregnant with him too. I was told that I can't have any more kids. So that's when I started training for the half marathon. So I was trying to put that energy into that and like, okay, I need something to take that out. Yeah. Yeah. And then, so yeah, when I found out I was pregnant with him, I was like, what? What? That's like so like miraculous on its own. Um, plus the fact that, you know, he pulled through all of, all of that adversity, you know, during, you know, that time that was so critical, you know, and I, I feel like he just pulled through and I mean, so did you, you know, so it speaks to both of your um, resilience and your strength and, um, yeah, it's amazing. It's amazing. The whole thing. And of course that is super, that's super traumatic. That experience, you know, something that is no fault of your own. You're just like going about your day thinking everything is fine, going to a birthday party. And all of a sudden this event comes and really shifts and changes like everything. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. So, okay. So he's now, he's six. Uh, he's five. He'll turn six uh, the end of October. Okay, so he's oh. five. And tell us about his. I mean, he has knowledge that there is no other way to explain it than it's coming from spirit. Because I don't know how else he could know how to do the things he does. So tell us a bit about the things that he knows. I know. Okay. Well, oh my goodness, again, where to start? It's just. Uh, I'll try and be quick because his his history is so complex, but okay. <laughs> um, okay. when he was younger, um, he kind of stopped talking around a year old and he started screaming and his, it wasn't just like normal screams. It was like super vibrating ear piercing screams. And 
we couldn't figure out what was going on. And I had kind of suspected autism just from what we went through with Whitney. And then I just, I don't know. I kind of thought, oh, maybe it's something to do with his ears because he had had 22 ear infections in his first year of life kind of thing. Wow. Wow. And, and so we were going to see Whitney's ENT anyways. And so I asked him, I'm like, do you think that you would be able to see Owen because he's, you know, he's a, he was a preemie and he's had a lot of ear infections. And so he kind of expedited an appointment for Owen and it turned out that he had like no hearing at all. And it, it was probably about two years, I think, that he didn't have any hearing. Right. And so his speech stopped kind of thing. Like he had words up until about a year and then he knew that, but he didn't know any more kind of thing because he couldn't hear them. Right. Right. Um, so when, after he had the surgery to um, like for the tubes, he could hear again. And it was like, he just couldn't get enough of hearing stuff and his speech took off like crazy. And he would, he was fixated by numbers and music. It's like he felt, he feels music. Like he doesn't, he feel like we all kind of feel music, but he, he's always felt it like kind of deeply, you know, I don't know how to explain it otherwise, but he was really fixated with numbers and letters and music. And, um, he started reading and he taught himself to read, but he, he could read backwards and forwards and, uh, he knew the alphabet forwards and backwards. And then he started teaching himself different languages. Like he Cantonese, Russian, German, Italian, Spanish, French, how, how uh, Spanish it, and does, French wasn't. How does a three-year-old say, teach themselves <laughs> Cantonese or Russian? Like to me, that's just like. I know. Like he just. I know. Like, speaking it. Like I, to me, that's like yeah. fascinating. I remember like my husband and I, we had uh, the, the app on our phone, Google Translate. Because he would be talking to us in, like, all these different languages. And we're like, what is he saying? Like, <laughs> because at that time, he couldn't differentiate between English and, like, you know what I mean? Like, he couldn't. He's like, oh, this isn't English. Like, he didn't know that, right? He, he just knew these languages, but he couldn't identify them, I guess. Right. Um, so we would be talking to him in, obviously, English, because that's the only language we speak. And he would reply back to us in some random language and like what is he saying so we we do the google translate and it was like in context of what we were saying and we're like what like how does he know that yeah it's like even still replying to you um answering you but just in a different language yeah 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 it was crazy yeah and And he like his oh sorry go ahead it's just (laughs) It just kind of cut out for a sec. I think it's okay. Go ahead. Okay. <laughs> yeah, his ability with numbers is just amazing. Like he would, um, he would use his fingers to do to count by fives, tens, fifteen, twenties, one hundred. Um, but he wasn't like counting like you know how we normally count like we stick our thumb up for five and then the next thumb, yeah. or finger for ten. He wouldn't do that. He would actually make the number with his fingers. Okay. I don't know how to explain it, <laughs> but right. like, like, um, 
number seven, for example, like, you know how you do like the L like for left or whatever, Mm -hmm. he would flip it and he'd be like, that's the number seven. And I never in my whole life thought to do that. I never would have thought that was a number seven. And then I'm like, Oh my goodness, that is a seven. Like, (laughs) yeah. Like all those little things he just knew how to do and math and, and we had never taught him and people would be like, do you just like teach him this stuff? I'm like, I don't have time to sit down and teach him this stuff. I don't even know. Like, <laughs> <like>, no. <laughs> right. <laughs> I don't know. I can't answer the question for you. Cause I don't know myself. Like he's just, it's insane. And like his ability, like he's in kindergarten or just finished kindergarten and he's probably, I think his teacher said he's like a grade three or four reading level. And That's probably amazing. Right? She's like, it's, uh, he's almost like at the point of his older brother that's going into grade six. Like, it's crazy. Yeah. Um, and same with math. Like, he's quite, like, it's crazy. I just, I don't. I don't know how to explain it. <laughs> I mean, I think that to me, like when I tune into that and what I feel with that is that he's an old soul. He's had, I mean, all three of your kids, you know, so your eldest too, you know, very empathic. All three of them are super, super um, empathic, open, spiritually connected, you know, and sensitive, you know, all very sensitive and all healers in their own way, you know, but with your youngest, with Owen, I feel like, he has all these past lives. He came in with certain sensitivities, but also with like all of this knowledge that he's literally tapping into his soul's memory. So when he's speaking these languages, it's because I believe he's, he remembers those lifetimes. Like he's been in a Russian life and in a, you know, probably in China and Italy and all these places and I feel like he has such a strong connection to his soul that he can tap into and access that, you know, same with the numbers. He must've been, I mean, he's like, he is, there's no doubt. He's like a genius. Right. Yeah. But he's, he's been a genius in other lifetimes, you know, and I feel like this lifetime he's come in to really, um, he's going to end up being in some way, a part of like research, um, really pushing forward with um, understanding the human mind and the human brain and like how things work and really pushing the boundaries with all that stuff. So funny that you said that, if I can interrupt for one second about the brain, because recently we got a brain model because he's really Mm -hmm. into anatomy right now. (laughs) Yeah. And he's actually like learning the, like, I don't even, I couldn't tell you about the brain. So I'm kind of learning right now too, because I'm like, I don't know. Um, Yeah. But like the frontal lobe, like he's learning the function of that and all the other parts of the brain. Like he's able to, like he's understanding that the functions of it. And it's just like you're, you're five, like, (laughs) yeah, and you already know the human brain. That's great. (laughs) I think probably in anatomy and things like that, which like literally I just found out where my liver was, you know, like I had no idea. And um, he's probably going to be so well-versed in all of that stuff. So it's, yeah, it's phenomenal. And I think the reason I wanted to chat with you about, like, your kids and, you know, how intuitive they are is because I do think that in this, in our society, lots of times people are really quick to um, harp on these, these 
differences and make it seem like they're a detriment to these kids. And it's like, they are so light years ahead of us that it's like, we don't understand. Like, I think there's not enough understanding, you know, of these, these, how powerful they are as, as souls and like what they've actually come here to do. So lots of times too, I think, um, there's lots of kids who are like, um, that have ADHD and stuff like that. They've been diagnosed or they're labeled with ADHD. And yes, there's, there's literally, you know, some that, that is a purely kind of like, um, a clinical kind of diagnosis. But I actually feel that in some cases, it's not necessarily, we can label whatever we want, you know, we can say whatever we want, but at the end of the day, I think it's just different energies, you know, like different energies, different sensitivities. And the reason that they have these sensitivities is because they've come here to make a big difference. They've come here as teachers. They've come here as evolved souls and they can't change the world by um, not if they don't, if they can't feel it and if they can't understand it. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, it just, I, I look at even with, you know, with Avery, who's super sensitive and super empathic as well. And I sometimes think like, hmm, there's been times when I feel like other kids didn't quite get it or didn't quite kind of get her. You know, they're kind of like, what is up with her? And I just think, oh, sometimes there's such a misunderstanding of these kids. And then they turn into adults, you know, who are deeply feeling, deeply sensitive. Um, and there's not enough, like, understanding of, like, oh, okay, what that, what the purpose of that sensitivity is. That it's not a, it's not a bad thing. It's a, it's a gift. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right? absolutely. Yeah, yeah just, Owen, like, it's crazy. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's like you could probably write a book oh, about yeah. all of your experiences and all of the things that you've you've seen and and come to understand, like through um, the journey with you know parenting your kids because they've got so much um, they've got so much that they've so much they've gone through and experienced already. Mm-hmm. yeah I know it's like why like <laughs> it's, it's so much yeah. Yeah, they're, they're like their strength is like completely amazing like I just I thank God for them and I thank them like I thank him for them being so strong because mm-hmm. I mean they've probably gone through more than I've ever gone through in my lifetime you know like yeah so young. It's that, yeah, it's that resilience. And I feel when there is that bond with spirit, you know, from a young age with kids, it seems to me that they, even though they might go through really challenging, difficult things, um, they always seem to be able to land on their feet. And it's almost like their angels, their guides, their loved ones. I don't know. It's like they carry them through. They, I mean, I think probably it happens with all of us, but I don't know. There's something even more you can almost, it's tangible with certain kids. It's like, oh, their guides are like right behind them, you know? Mm. Um, So it's amazing. And I noticed with, especially with Owen, you know, when he was a baby, just holding him or just looking at him, I got such a healing from just holding him and his energy with mine. It was like, like I felt like it was so, I don't even know. It was incredible. It was even remembering it just makes me like feel like emotional because it was so, beautiful and I think it's because his soul could see mine you know and I could see his and it's rare I think it's so rare in this life that we find people that actually really see us Mm -hmm. um so that's a beautiful a beautiful gift that he's got do you remember the time that Owen and I went to breakfast with you 
Yes. And like, do you remember what he said when? No, I, I don't. I remember we parked, and then I was getting out of my side, and I went to get him out of his car seat, and he's like, "Are we gonna go see the angels?" <laughs> and I was like, "I guess we are." Like, <laughs> I totally forgot about that. Oh my goodness! Do you remember that? Yeah, he knew. Like he he has an understanding of things that it's like beyond. It's so beyond. It's like there's no there's no other explanation <laughs> other than coming from spirit, you know. And I think too, like I look at you look at like um uh like Mozart or something like that, you know, these like these people that are young, young prodigies, how else are they gonna be the way that they are? I think it has to be coming from past life experience, uh, connection to something divine. You know, I don't think there's any way to explain it. Like when he plays the piano, like he, he started kind of teaching himself the piano. And so we did get him in formal lessons but, yeah. and obviously COVID happened. But um, <laughs> like when I would watch him play the piano, it's like he connected to something else, you know, mm-hmm. like he's like, he's, he's calm, you know, mm-hmm. he's got this certain, it's just, I don't know how to explain it, but it's, it's, it's really beautiful, you know, like it's just seeing him connect with music. It's just, it's, I've never seen that from my kids anyways before. Mm-hmm. And um, my oldest plays the piano and drums too. So he's very musical too, but it's mm-hmm. kind of different in the way that they connect to it. And I think Owen kind of like, even when he was little, like he'd be listening to a song and he'd be like orchestra, like, well, what are those guys called? Composer? Oh, like a conductor. Yeah, like he would be like, yeah, like leading a symphony or something. And I remember on TV, we were watching like a Christmas Eve special or whatever, where they were, they had like some choir, or not choir, um, what is it, orchestra? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And he's like, hey, that's me when I'm older. But he was actually convinced that it's him. Like, wow. Not like that's what I want to be when I grow up, but that is me. Wow. I mean, you have to think, like, how does somebody so young have that even thought? You know what I mean? So, I know. I'm so curious to see, you know, as time goes on, uh, how how they continue to grow and develop and, the things that they're going to get up to. Cause I just feel all, you know, all three of your kids are so, so special and they have such big hearts. And I just think that, yeah, they're, they're here to really be uh, teachers to all of us. So, I mean, I really thank you for sharing, you know, so much of um, their, their lives with, with us and the listeners. I think it's going to be helpful for people um, to understand a little bit about that. And I would say, you know, it's, it's one of those things that, we're still, I think we're still learning and trying to understand how it all works as well, you know? So as we go, you know, just being able to support these kids who are so sensitive, you know, and really um, working with them to whatever they need, you know, in this life to feel, um, you know, to feel safe and to feel fulfilled and get to have their creative outlets and all that stuff. So it's, it's an interesting journey for sure. Yeah. Exciting. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I I can't wait to see. I know. What I always say that. We're like, what? I wonder what the boys are going to be. Like, yeah, yeah, exactly. I know. I think that so often with my kids too. It's just such a, it's such, um, 
it's surreal to think of them any other age than they are. But then I look at it and I'm like, my oldest is 16 now. Like, I still can't believe it. (laughs) I remember remember being 16 very clearly. And it just does not seem possible that enough time has gone by that, like, he could actually be 16 now. I know. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) I feel that way with my oldest. I mean, he's just, like, he's 11. But I'm like, I don't think I was as mature as you when I was 11. No, no. No, my son, my son is like the voice of reason in our home. And he's just so mature sometimes. And I'm just like, yeah, I don't know. I learn things from him too all the time. So it's, it's pretty incredible. But, um, well, I really just want to say thank you. Thanks for being a guest and coming on. I know it's a little bit like nerve wracking at first, you know, not like, I don't know, not being used to the, you know, being podcasting um but it's it's really really it's been a pleasure to have you and I just love and adore you so thank you very much thank you for having me and I love you too